sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Brought to you by Thrive Broking, flexible finance solutions for individuals and small business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spooky Sundays with your hosts, Anne, no, (laughs) Steve, and Renata. (laughs) We are here this Sunday to entertain you with the greatest, spookiest of stories that we have and to say hello to all of the uh, lovely people that uh, always follow us, to thank Thrive Broking for being here and sponsoring the show and also Newcastle Live Radio for allowing us to be on on a Sunday night and entertain you. So... What a week it has been, it Steve. It has been busy, busy, hasn't it? Has it has been, it's busy, been busy, busy, busy. we're lucky to be on the air, but we made it. Yes, we are. <laughs> we made it. We had a few, yeah, had a, just a, a little issue. There's a little button that has to be pressed, apparently. Um, but yes, yes, we are here. And uh, you have outdone yourself with songs for tonight. Oh, we've gone, yeah, we've gone crazy. It's a great choice of, of songs here, which is fabulous. Uh, and... Uh, um, we have some great stories tonight. Um, I have a story about a place in Canada that has been turned from a jail to uh, a hostel. Oh. Yes, yeah, so I wonder what the um, people that stay overnight now think of that. Who knows? I bet you Ivan's hoping for a hostel at Maitland no. Jail. <laughs> It's like, well, Pentridge is now being closed down as well. It seems to be the play, the thing to do now to yep. make these jails. Yep, yep. Yeah, so people Hotel. are actually staying, um, I'll be reading about it in a minute, but people are staying um, in the cells that were on death row at this particular oh, hotel. That's so cool. Uh, and if you go to um, Newcastle Live Radio Facebook page, Facebook group, you'll actually see a photograph of the building. So, yeah, very, very interesting. What are you talking about tonight? I've got a couple of things. So we're doing the Encyclopedia of Superstition. We yes. Are, we, we survived the letter M. Yes, we did. For moles, human. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. And we're up to the letter N tonight. And I can N. O- you can only imagine what's going to come out of my oh, mouth. Oh, God. What, what do you think? What do you think the topic <laughs> for N is going to be? Who could say? But oh. look, I think Anne would approve, definitely. Oh, good, yes. good. Uh, Anne's got a bit of FOMO tonight. She sent oh. me a picture of herself almost in tears because she wanted to be here. And I just said to her, Steve's doing a fabulous job. Oh. You just sit there. You just, you just sit, sit there. And, yeah, you just sit there, darling, and you She's just watch the waves. And we've also got we've also got some um, haunted Hollywood stories. You, yes. We talked about it last week. You yes. said, fine, so it. Challenge accepted. Yes, Haunted Hollywood. That's going to be fabulous. Love Love those stories. Absolutely love them. Um, And before you go to your story after 8.15, I want you to talk a little bit about um, Uncensored Radio, which is something that you've been doing for quite some time. It is. So, yeah, Uncensored Radio is a podcast, well, a video podcast, many, 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 many moons ago, Mm -hmm. over 10 years ago now, it was originally an internet radio show when internet radio wasn't a thing. So they were were podcasting a long, long time ago, my Mm -hmm. lovely friend, Mr. Jeffrey Emmett. 
uh, Katrina A. Johnson. She's from a Nickelodeon TV show, all that. So mm-hmm. she was a child star. Yep. And Miss Karen Ashley, who was the second Yellow Power Ranger. So she's, <laughs> wow. she's Aisha. She was the one that's in the movies and everything. So. Uh, and also Michael Fishman from Roseanne, Roseanne's son. So they were the oh, original cast. Abs- yeah, wow. Yeah, they did. Um, they did a reality, or reality show pilot, all that kind of stuff. How and did then, you get involved in that? This is yeah. This is the line. So uncensored radio died, <laughs> died a death because yeah. everything kind of got too busy and too crazy. Yeah. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, Jeff goes, Jeff and Katrina thought, hey, you know what? Let's bring the show back. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now we're in the era of podcasting. Yes. So these guys were podcasting. So back in the day, they were doing kind of like what you guys do with, but they had callers. They were like melting down switchboards and all that kind of stuff, interviewing celebrities. And we've kind of just started back and it started slowly and we're building momentum all the time. So we do um, a lot of. Yeah, a lot of different stuff. We do a weekly wrap-up of the news of the world and pop culture and politics and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. We do interviews with lovely, interesting people oh, like Anna yes, Renata. Absolutely. Perez Hilton. Oh, God, in Baywatch, the same the, sentence. St- some stars in of Baywatch we've got coming up. So, yeah, we've got um, Australian musicians. We do Real Talk Roundtable, which is all more like a more current events-y kind of thing. Uh, sorry, current affairs kind of thing. So we've done domestic violence we're doing all that kind of stuff that's a more serious one but Mm -hmm. that's just a little bit of an outlet for i guess the elder millennial section of the Uh of the world that you know Mm -hmm. is kind of taking over the world and going what have we got on our hands here but it's it's for everyone and if you like the naughtier side of Anna renata Mm -hmm. then you would love uncensored radio and you can check us out on youtube and facebook and all that kind of stuff so it's just awesome uncensored radio and and Anna renata are going to come play again one day yes i think yeah i think we're due to come back now and just be guests on the on the live show because you know how crazy it gets that's right (laughs) that's right any questions can come up and you know we're ready to answer they're very shocked Sometimes. Yes. Mm, Yes. All right. Well, we're going to go uh, to my story first. And as I mentioned before, this is about a haunted jail in Ottawa in Canada. Beautiful Canada. I'd love to go to Canada. Mm. I really would. And it was known as the Nicholas Street Jail. And it's literally in the main area of Ottawa. And it's been there for over a century. The structure was built in 1862. Two, even. Six to do. Six to do. <laughs> well, how to do six to do. <laughs> <laughs> Next door to the courthouse, and it was connected by a tunnel. Now, you've got to have a tunnel, a tunnel in a jail. And this is one of those things with Maitland Jail is that we get teased by the fact that people tell us there's a tunnel. Oh, there's a, actually, and there was a tunnel mentioned last night at, t- at Tobago House as well. Uh, yeah, Everyone see? loves a tunnel. Yeah, everywhere what, there's about. a tunnel, there's not a tunnel. Let's there ask, is not a tunnel. Let's ask Sigmund Freud about all those tunnels. I know. It's got something to do with someone's mother, I'm sure. Ooh, mother. Yes. Um, so, designed by Henry Horsey, the jail was the site of the hanging of Patrick J. <laughs> Whelan. On February the 11th, 1869, for the assassination of Thomas Darcy McGee. Now, you kind of say, well, what's so special about that? Well, um, he seems to be one of the ghosts that has stayed in the jail, even though it's now been converted to a hostel. And when he was hanged, there were over 5,000 people that witnessed this hanging. Oh, dear. They all stood outside because it was one of those times where they had um, like groups, <laughs> groups of 
people taking sides and they were fighting against oh, each yeah. other. So a bit like a Public bit of a civil spectacle. civil yeah. war type of thing going on. Nice. And um, he took the, I guess, the, the brunt of what happened to this Thomas Darcy who was blamed for the assassination. He was a scapegoat, yes. That's the word we want. That's the one. <laughs> and uh, he went to his death saying that he did not commit this crime. Oh. So his soul now seems to be trapped within the jail, even though it's no longer a jail. Oh. Even though no longer it's a jail or it's, it's no longer a, a jail. It's a jail no longer. <laughs> it's a jailer no longer. <laughs> so the building uh, remained in use as a jail until 1972 and then it closed. Now, it did have very inhumane conditions and there were uh, 150 prisoners consisting of men, women and children and they were forced to share 60 small cells, one by three metres, which is not a lot. One metre by three metres is not a lot. And 30 larger cells, two metres by three metres, that's not much bigger. Um, not not big enough to swing a cat, actually. No. Mm. Uh, and there were six solita- solitary confinement units. Now, inmates included murderers, the mentally ill, and those incarcerated for minor infractions such as drunk and disorderly conduct. But as they were digging up some of this area to build and extend, they found <gasps> bodies. We they found that. bodies, lots of bodies. Now, allegedly, depending on what information you read, um, you can find out that there were officially between three and five hangings at the jail. Oh, okay. But they think that something rather nefarious must have gone on because they were finding like lots of human remains. And when I say Ooh. lots, I did read at one spot that they found something like 140, 150 upwards of 150 unmarked graves on the property. Surely when people die they just chuck them somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, they were doing... And saying they're burying them maybe and and pocketing some money. Yes. Yes. So this leads to another layer of the hauntings of this place. Another layer. Now, apparently, I love this group's name. Apparently, the hostel was featured on the third episode of the Canadian television show, The Girly Ghost Hunters. Hey, girls. I bet you. (laughs) Um, And that aired in 2005, and it was also on the second episode of the Canadian television show, Mystery Hunters, in 2002. But I want to read you a bit of a story here. Go for it. From someone who um, has left a a bit of a... um, their, their own personal experience. Oh, yes. So here we go. Nice. Assistant Manager Jeff Delan- Delgado, that's it. <laughs> Delgado <laughs> recounts a particularly mem- memorable experience when a woman had checked herself into the old warden's office for the night. They became suspicious when she didn't check out on time the following day. And Uh when he went to check on the woman, she was still in bed in what appeared to be sleep paralysis. Stop it. You can imagine. She's just lying there. Well, that's what I would do. That's what I would do if someone burst into my hotel room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> Jeff says the front desk agent shook the woman and she woke up very frightened and hysterical. <laughs> Wonder why? Yeah. According to her, there was a small girl that appeared to her in her sleep in the office surroundings and wrapped her arms around her so that she would not be able to wake up. Ooh. The girl was also supposedly trying to whisper something in her ear, from which the guest could only make out the word, help. Help. It won't help you. Check out time. It's 10 a.m. and then you get Get out of the room. Get out. No late check out. (laughs) Although the story might seem outlandish, the guest was unaware that the particular room she was staying in was indeed the old warden's office. She was able... Uh, to describe in detail the surroundings of an office and the physical description of the little girl, you know, when it was a warden's office. Isn't that amazing? There you go, people. This this whole thing of going and sleeping overnight in a jail, you know, you've got to really think about these things. You've got to think about whether you really want to take that on board. All that dark tourism. Yes. Now, guests commonly also claim to hear chilling sounds, most often from the lounge area of the hostel. And this is because this exact lounge area is where the women and children were commonly placed while serving time. And also the fact is that what they have done is they have literally um, smashed in a uh, wall, the wall, the common wall between two cells, oh. and that is now a, um, a room. And, and they those rooms were um, the, the the cells that belonged to those on death row. Oh, that's just that's yuck. Yeah, they're giving them a bit of um. That's that's pretty yucky. Yeah, a bit of free space. Oh, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know whether I like that or not. I don't know. Would you, you stay? Death room stays. Would you stay, Steve? I would. But then again, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> you probably need to ask someone <laughs> of the general public. But. I'm all about that. I would love to like, see Stanley Hotels on my bucket list. Of yes. course. Like, you guys are going to the Myrtle's Plantation. That's, it's, like, that's I always right. wanted to stay there. It's like, so oh. yeah, apparently you can get a, a nice um, hot chocolate there now and, you know, a warm bed and all of the, the stuff that um, the prisoners there would have never have seen in a million years. So, wait, is it a hostel or is it a dead and breakfast? Oh, but Stop it. Thank you. Stop it. Nice bacon and eggs in your death row cell. Oh, they do have a uh, cafe that's called Mug Shots. Oh, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Is that good? That's gold. Yeah, I'll give them 10 points for that. Yes. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to have Steve's story, but we're going to go to Steve's first song right now. If I can get this little duvelacky thing to work and get over on the little green arrow. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live. Finance doesn't need to be spooky thanks to Thrive Broking. And we're back. Thank goodness, I say. And thanks to Thrive, we've got to get you in here into the studio so that you can be in amongst the chaos and understand how much it really means to us that you are sponsoring this show. Ah, and and thank helping you. them thrive. I know. And thank so. you to everyone that's listening tonight and to all of us, all of our supporters. If you know someone who uh, might be a bit down this evening and uh, might get a bit of a laugh or, you know, just have fun listening to us until 10 o'clock tonight, uh, send them a message and go, hey, jump on board Newcastle Live Radio and listen to these two kooky people kooky who, critters. who are <laughs> um, <laughs> telling you all of the spooky stuff that's available mm. at the moment. 
learned. Yes. But we're going to ABC of superstitions. Yes. And the letter N. And Vanelli is Baby John Berger sort of thing. <laughs> Back in the time. Baby John. <laughs> yes, Baby John. I don't know whether these people even know who Baby John is. Someone oh, please. If you remember Baby John Burgess, please yeah. text message us. Yeah, 0490-84886. That will tell us how old you are. <laughs> I know for a fact that there are some of your <laughs> listeners that know Baby John. Yeah, 0490-84886. If you know who we're talking about when we mention Baby John. Well, Baby Bur- John, if you're out there listening, send oh. us a text message. Wouldn't that be oh. lovely? Oh, yes. Oh. If you know John Burgess, oh, get it he's on. probably in a uh, aged care facility. Like, this is when you need to be a call-in show. Like, you do. Hello, Renata. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Baby John. He's back. Is that it? Look, that might be coming. It's dreaming. That, that it's might dream. be coming. This is a big dream. So we survived the letter M. Yes. For Moles Human. Yes. You know, as we do. And mm-hmm. um, I thought to myself, self, <laughs> WWAD, what would Ed do? Oh, oh, right. very good. Yes. The WAD, as we would yes. say. Yes, WAD. WAD. Um, so, do we have so, a T-shirt with that on it? I know, right? <laughs> with just a big pair of red glasses yeah. and a lipstick. So we're going yeah. to the letter N. And to you I say, nuts. 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 Now, right. not nuts, not, not nuts human. No. Nuts the, the, edible. The nuts edible. Well, did you see the thing during the um, uh, this week on the news yeah. where uh, they called in someone in the house in this particular house? Because <gasps> yes, they, I did. Because they I were did. finding something in the in walls. The walls, yes, and it, and it turned out to be woodpeckers. Yes, and they had stored like hundreds and thousands of um, I can't remember what they were but they were some a specific kind of nut yes and they opened the hole the wall and just kept coming out coming out coming out I know right nature's creepy that way oh. isn't it so let's talk about nuts baby let's talk about N-U-N-T-S let's talk about nuts baby <laughs> so nuts which nuts. were a symbol of life and fertility in pagan antiquity are traditionally associated still with love marriage and childbirth <laughs> ironically <laughs> right. Yes. In ancient Rome, they were given to a newly married couple on their wedding day. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> yes, they were. To ensure their fruitfulness. Ah, yes. Fruit nut. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, delicious. I wonder whether they watched. You know how with the <laughs> what, no, what did they watch on no, the wedding day? with with the royals with the royals the the the, the night of mm. they there were people watching. Oh, to ensure to, to yeah. ensure that the deed had been done, fertility and there was procreation yes. and stuff. Yes, yes. did they oh. not for the commoners? Did they bust no. the nut? They want to know. <laughs> Don't know. They had to crack the um, nut open to find out what was. Oh God! <laughs> Bering Gould tells us in a book of folklore that at oh Gay or Jalique in France. Good luck, the bride. <laughs> Oh, God. The bride pair was showered with nuts while they were still kneeling at the altar. Oh, Sounds like nice. a royal commission, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's in Poitois. 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 Mm-hmm. The floor of the room where the wedding breakfast was held was strewn with nuts. Those crazy French uh, people. <laughs> in Devonshire, though. Yeah. <laughs> Formerly. The bride was met as she came down the, out of the church by an old woman who gave her a bag of hazelnuts. Oh, nice. Just couldn't afford the Nutella. Mm. Rude. <laughs> These rites are like our modern day confetti throwing, were intended to promote childbearing. The only difference between them and the present day custom being that the nut, that the nut givers. <laughs> 
knew um, what they were doing. Well, they tend to, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Whereas the throwers of confetti usually forgot the underlying meaning of their action. True. Does that happen anymore? I can't remember the last time I've been at a wedding where they threw, wed- um, threw weddings, where they threw... Confetti. Confetti. Well, so you're not supposed to... Or bubbles because, these days. Yeah, right? you can get um, like the confetti that disintegrates. That disintegrates. The, the, you know, the nice stuff. Is that, is that, that no rice? Yeah, I think that goes... But you're not supposed to cook you it. You can't, no. <laughs> <laughs> Boiled As we've learned from Kathy Kim, you're not supposed to cook your, cook your rice. <laughs> oh, dear. In many English counties, still a plentiful crop of nuts in any parish is said to foretell numerous births. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Of the coming year. I saw, oh. I saw a few nuts in England. <laughs> here's, a fra- here's a common phrase. Good nutting year. Plenty of boy babies. Oh, nice. So nuts and fertility, Mm -hmm. who knew? (laughs) To which sometimes added a rider that if the tree bore an unusually large crop of double nuts, a correspondingly large number of twins. Oh, yes. Yes. In Germany, the phrase going and nutting (laughs) was once a euphemism for lovemaking. Oh, there you go, well, there you people. Go. There's a new phrase for you. You're going a nutting. Where you going out? What are you going to do on Saturday night? Well, <laughs> I'm nutting. Going I'm out, nutting. Nut, going down Newcastle. <laughs> going out, nutting. Duh. Calm down. It is perhaps because of oh, Gilda. Oh, she's shrieking. It's because of some of the kindred idea that the devil is often associated with nut gathering in oh. English tradition. Oh. He collects nuts himself. This is getting really bad. And carries a black bag. This? Did you read through I, this I beforehand? Did. A black bag for that purpose. If anyone goes nutting on a Sunday, he may. He may appear to be a Sabbath breaker and bend the branches down to his hand. On Holy ro- holy Rude, this says. Holy Rude Day? Holy Rude. Yeah. Um, holy isn't, rude. It, isn't that... September 14th? That's something to do with the king and queen. Yes. When young people used to do nothing in bands, <laughs> there was always a risk that he might attach himself to the company as an uninvited, terrifying companion. Brand quotes a rhyme printed in 1709, oh, which says... Hold on, let me get... Let me, <clears throat> right, okay. I've got my coffee. We're fine. The devil, as the common people say, doth go a nutting on Holy Rude Day. <laughs> and such... <laughs> and such lettering in some doth lurk, going a nutting is the <laughs> devil's work. <laughs> And I think I think that's where we should probably leave going and nutting. Um, that, that, that Halloween is also nut related, and they use that, that mm. in Halloween. So in Halloween celebratory countries, they use them as charms and yes. and for divination and stuff yes, like that. Yes, so, yeah. and they're good luck charms. Yeah. Um, I've got little acorns at home oh, that I sow into things for good luck. There you go. Yeah. So, not always bad luck. No, no. Just don't go a nutting. Just, just on yeah, a don't Sunday. don't go a nutting on a Sunday because you're breaking all the rules and the devil will get you. Yeah. 
Um, but yes, um, kiddies, uh, that's a new phrase that you can use yes. um, when you want to be naughty, go a nutting. And, I um, think mum and dad will have an idea. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, oh, I think it'll think... just go straight over their heads. Straight over their heads. Look, head you all need a book of superstitions. This you is what do. I'm saying because, you know, this, this stuff will be lost if Definitely. it's not repeated. Yeah, it's great stuff too. Like, Absolutely. Come on. And you, and, it helps you understand, like, understand the culture and where things come from. That's true. Like, we were just talking about, like, confetti and stuff. I don't think I would want to get a nut thrown at me, though. That's a bit... Yeah, that could be dangerous. head trauma on your wedding yeah. day. If if um, your ex-lover was there, she'd, she'd buy the walnuts. I'd be curious to know, though, back in the oldie times when we were going and nutting all with Satan, I wonder how many nut allergies were around. <laughs> Probably not much. No. Because they would have been exposed to them a lot more. That's right. They would have been hit in the head with them. Hit in the head, hit in the bed, you know, whatever. Yes. What happened to nut allergies? When did that all? Oh, no, they're still about. Yeah, but when did that all happen? That became when, um, it was like the late 90s, when parents had to be their children's best friends. What happened to to the nuts? We've got, we've we've squirreled. You just need to go out and squirrel nuts. (laughs) We've screwed. Everyone just needs to go outside, rub a nut on their face, and play in the dirt. <laughs> You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live. Finance doesn't need to be spooky thanks to Thrive Broking. Welcome back, everyone, to the Spooky Chat Half Hour, where we are inviting you to send in your paranormal questions to zero four nine zero eight four six. Please send in questions, or I will tell you about <laughs> my one and only time <laughs> on board a ship. It's very and, interesting, and um, yeah, what happened? Mm. So I'd suggest you send in questions. Otherwise, right? we're just going to talk about John Burgess for the next half hour. <laughs> so. Yindamara has said, "I'm s- oh no, that's not th- that's the wrong one." <laughs> okay, back to the oh, Come on. Uh, she, no, he says. Uh, first of all, Yindamara says, "Hello, gorgeous." No, that's oh, hello. hello, Yindamara. Hello, <laughs> um, cousin Steve can play Orville Peck any time. Oh, Great music, yay. he says. I'm glad someone loves Orville. Now um, he also says, "Oh my God, I know Baby John Burgess. I'm old. He shaved his mustache off, and he looks naked." <laughs> Oh, poor John. He would too, because that moustache covered three cute. quarters of his face. <laughs> yeah, him and Dipper. Big, big moustache. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, now you Oh, my goodness <laughs> gracious Charles, my, me. My 40th is rapidly approaching, so oh. my life is flashing before my eyes. Yes. So, yeah. See, <laughs> so some of those best times have gone now. Oh. I know, right? Daniela says, hello from Gloucester. Hello, oh, Daniela. How are you? And we actually had an overseas message. Stop it. So this was our first. And this this arrived at just after 4, 4 p.m. Okay. And this is from Lucretia, beautiful Jody, And uh, she says, hi. She was the very first caller in today. First very message. Good work. Message deliverer. And she says, am I the first texter? Love oh. you, Steve. Oh, thank you very much. I feel very welcomed. Yeah. And uh, yes, yes, you, you were, were gorgeous. And Becca Lee, all the way from Melbs. Becca Lee. <laughs> Becca Lee. Oh, how are you, Becca Lee? <laughs> and hello, Becca Lee's mum, Jenny. <gasps> Is Becca Lee's mum's name Kath? No. Oh. It's Jenny. Jenny, look at me, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. Got one thing to say to you. Don't, Don't go nutty. Rice. <laughs> Don't go nutty. Don't go nutty. 
no. But she has a question. She's got a question, and she she also approves of of your music choices. Oh, look, we're just You must must be. um, You've got to have to be our music person. It comes from my other, you know, my other job as well. Yes, I listen to a lot of music, so. Mm. So she asks, my question for this week is actually from my mum, Janui, who wanted me to send this in. What is your opinion on visions, dreams, and if there are any truths or accuracies to them? Much love, Becca Lee. Thank you for your question, Becca Lee. Thank you. So what do you think, Steve? I think the human brain is a wonderful thing, Mm -hmm. a very mysterious thing, and that if something is preoccupying your brain, you are more than likely to dream. I'm always the Dana Scully. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll just ruin everyone's fun. <laughs> but I think that, yes, there is a certain amount of, I guess, predestination and hope that could go on in your brain, mm-hmm. that, you know, that that, that that could be a possible outcome. Mm-hmm. I myself have probably had one or two dreams that have actually... You know, oh, okay, that's come true. Yeah, creepily accurate, mm-hmm. but it's not something that would that regularly happens to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm open to the suggestion. I would not put my whole stock into deciding on what to do with my life based on dreams. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you've got to have some kind of personal responsibility and mm-hmm. you know direction, and don't leave it all to the gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Some people do have prophetic dreams, and we hear about this all the time, where people will tell us that they have had prophetic dreams since uh, they were teenagers or since childhood, and they've been able to, um, you know, tell their family when a loved one's just about to die because they dreamt about them, um, and so on and so forth. So I, I kind of believe that it does happen for some people, uh, not everyone. Uh, if you study uh, the masters like Jung and um, oh, Carl. Carl, good old Carl Jung. Carl and Susan Jung. Yeah. (laughs) They live on Ramsey Street, don't they? (laughs) They do. Can't wait to see them again. Tony. Uh, He teaches that uh, dreams are very symbolic um, and that sometimes you can be dreaming of a red car. doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to go out and buy a red car or you win a red car. The red car may be symbolic of something else in your life. Oh, totally. Uh, and We've all so, had those symbolism dreams. Yeah, you, like, you... I get it subconscious. Thank you. Yeah. Like, you don't have to knock me over the head with it. I get it. You have to work out what that symbology means for you and... Um, how many times it appears in your dreams as you move forward and what what it looks like, whether it's the same in every single dream or whether it's different. Um, and I'll just I'll give you a, a very, very quick scenario. Um, for a very, very long time, um, I have had dreams on and off about a particular person in my life that um, I had close to me for quite some time and this person comes in and out of my dreams but the way they appear um, is very very different every single time and up until just a few years ago I couldn't work out why this person kept on coming into my dreams just randomly it wasn't as though I was thinking about them I hadn't seen them for 20 30 years (laughs) but it turned out that uh, I kind of discovered that this person wasn't actually this person it was all about opportunity. So this person was um, showing themselves, uh, but it was opportunity that 
was really showing itself. itself that yeah. way. Yeah, and yeah. depending on whether this person was close to me or arguing with me or I was trying to get to this person or whatever yeah. was actually what was happening with the op- opportunity that was happening in my real oh, wow. in my real life. That's so cool. Yeah, um, but it took me a really long time to work that out. So you've got to work out what you are seeing in your dreams um, and if that is meaningful for you. And... If you get those dream books, just remember that the dream books tell you something that is very, very generic. Mm. Again, another way um, or another little uh, example of that is spiders. And uh, Emmy, if you're listening, yogurt, okay? Um, (laughs) Spiders. So for some people, spiders are the greatest fear ever. They will run away screaming. So a spider would mean something that you're fearing is coming up and coming close to you, confrontation. For other people, spiders are the most beautiful things ever. They want them crawling up their arms and all of this sort of stuff. So, of course, it's going to mean something very, very different. It's like when you deal out the death card to people in the tarot and they go, <gasps> yes, death. Death. Yes, if, if that's, you know, everything has a side meaning. Mm. Just because it's one thing for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's yes. doom and gloom. And exactly. That's yeah. why the tarot has so many different meanings. Very good, Steve. Yeah. Look, so, I'm smart sometimes. Um, the answer to your question is, Jenny, first of all, Look at whether the symbology is something that's repetitive and it's been repeating time and time again, associated with something in your um, daily life, in your living life. Um, What does that symbology mean? And you may be one of these rare people that can actually predict things through dreams um, or maybe it is just your mind churning through and storing all the information from the day that wasn't really needed but your mind took in and is now compartmentalising everything. Trying to make sense of this wacky world that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Which is hard enough at the best of times, really, isn't it? So good question. Absolutely good question. Um, Maxine says, hi, ladies and gentlemen. I love the music. Thank you, Steve. And I still love you, Renata. Oh, thank you, Maxine. And she does mention Anne, just just as a blowaway statement. Yeah, miss Anne too. Anne's still... Yeah, who's Anne? I've, I've forgotten who she is. Julie. I don't know who she is. I've, I've heard the name. Heard the I just, name. I just don't know. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Find flexible finance solutions at thrivebroking.com.au. And we are back. And this is really weird because. I'm looking at the clock and it's five to nine. <laughs> and so my brain says at nine o'clock we should be going for a break and music. But no, we're just going to sail no, straight through. We've doubled up our divas and we're ready to go. Yeah, we're going to sail straight through. I'm going to talk some more. Oh. Yes. Oh. And somewhere out in the ocean, in the wilds of the bottom end of New Zealand, <laughs> Anne has sent in a message. She's sloshing about. And we have to actually say howdy doody. We have to say how. We should probably do it in Australian. We should say good day. A big good day to Susan Bowman, who is listening to the show from Virginia in the US of A. Oh, doesn't it just Hi, warm, the, warm your heart, Susan? I've never been to Virginia, but I would love to. God, thank you for listening in know, from the, the US of A. Wow, that is just absolutely awesome. We're we're truly international here. We are. We're blowing it up like no one's business. Yeah, amazing. Now, 
got a couple of questions. <gasps> I love questions. All right. So this one is from Lisa. Who wants to know what happened on the ship? I might tell you sh- later, Lisa, if we've got enough time. <laughs> I love it. You don't I, really want to know because you know it'll just it'll ruin it'll ruin it. tea. It really will. Now, but from Lee, my name is Lee. Just wondering if you are tapped on the shoulder and there is no one there, and you're on a ghost tour. Why were you touched? What does it mean? Well, it depends, doesn't it? Oh, yes, yeah, special. It could special. be invading someone's personal space. Yeah. You could, you could be showing a bit of plumber's crack. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Excuse me, what are you doing Excuse here? Me. Can, Can you get out of my up? face? Get out of my face. So uh, there are many things that could be happening, Lee, but the really interesting thing is that they chose you out of all the other people to tap on the shoulder. And that can be attributed to the fact that you do have some abilities to feel and sense them. They could feel that you are someone that they can show themselves to. They could be telling you to get out of their space. Or if with Maitland jail brain on it, could they could like to cut of your jib. They could. They're like, hey, hello there. Oh, yes, they could be going, hey. We spend a lot of, I spend a lot of time in the showers at Maitland Jail with the boys in there, and they like to tap away and yeah. bum grab and stuff. and So feel flattered, basically. Yes, Lee, that's the big thing, I think. Very good, mm. Steve. Feel flattered that you were the one that was um, chosen out of the group. That, that go to these ghost tours week in, week out, hoping for anything, yeah. something, anything to happen. And mm-hmm. sometimes I do believe that you can want it too bad. Mm-hmm. And that's like a bit, yeah, it's a bit of a turn off. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you go searching for it and it's like, oh, it's not in here, next 10 seconds. No, it's not in here, next 10 seconds. No, it's not in here. And really all you need to do is just stand in the space. And live your life. Allow them to come yeah. to you. It's like the laws of attraction, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely. Now, we also have one more question, and it is from Yindamara. What does deja vu mean? Oh, see, we're getting into psychology here. Psychology and deja vu kind of means that you're... You're seemingly experiencing something that your brain is telling you you've you've experienced before. It's happened before. It's happened before. Now, it could be a moment in time, and I think we've all had a bit of deja vu. We've all had that moment of of deja vu where we're somewhere or we hear something or we're looking at something and it just seems in our brain to go, this has happened before. Oh, I've, I've found myself here again. The interesting thing is that it is different in other cultures. The meaning of deja vu is very, very different um, in other cultures. And you kind of have to look at your own background and um, look at something culturally specific to you um, because that might shed some more light on what deja vu means. But in general, it's this thing of this sense of I have done this before. Um, we get that a lot with people too, where people say, oh, I sat down with this person and it seems like I've known them forever. Yeah, that's kind of like a, a bit of a deja vu. But what it's really saying to you is that you have you have had similar experiences and the brain is always trying to... The human brain loves recognising patterns. Yes, trying to find those patterns. Absolutely. And it will go sometimes above and beyond. 
and tell you that this particular person, for example, that you're with is going to be fabulous because they just feel as though you've known them for a long time. Uh, or in a space you might go, oh, I really feel like I've been here before because it might be the temperature, it might be the time or it might be um, something you're just eating or some bit of the view that you're getting and your brain says, yep, you've seen this before, girl. So there you go. That's as yeah, simple as it is. Yeah, interesting question, but I think it's a lot more... Yeah, it's a, probably a little from column A and a little from column B. Yes, yeah. So don't don't read too much into it. That's I think that's the best thing to to think about. Right. Okay. Now, do we have any Something more? Just flashed. I more questions. Flash. Um, flash. Yeah. Lee says I was standing still at the time. Yeah, they were just waiting for you to be in the right place at the right time, and you, you could got be this stepping little, on them. Little Excuse tap me. on the shoulder. You've gone through my my vessel. Have <laughs> <laughs> oh. you invaded my vessel with your big clodhopping boots? Oh, Get away gosh. from me. All right. Okay. It's a bit rude, really, isn't it? Now, seeing, seeing that all of this has come in um, a really weird pattern now, I can't find where um, my next story is. <laughs> oh, no, she's lost her story. Oh, I've lost my story. One of the many things she's lost. <laughs> The plot, some now, may say. Oh, in the, in the meantime, I'll tell you something very spooky that happened to me on that ship, right? So I'll, I'll, <laughs> Here we I'll, go, I'll go there. Gentlemen. I'll go there, right? So it was nineteen twelve. <laughs> the ship was the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good story. No, um, people that know me know me very well for the fact that I cannot go on anything that moves because I will just be very, very ill and unwell. I have um, very unbalanced. Um, Thing, things, things going on. Yeah, in the ear things going on. Your equilibrium is all messed yep, up. Um, yeah, can't do it. And um, I... Very early on in my relationship with my husband, I thought I'd do a really good thing and I bought a ticket on on a cruise, a Russian ship that was uh, going from um, Sydney to Newcastle. Uh, what could go wrong? This is just a couple of hours. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Uh, and my mother-in-law was there and uh, we were all going to have a good time and we were up, um, you know, on going out through the under the harbour bridge and everyone was laughing and being jovial and happy and I'm thinking, this is a piece of cake. Bottles popping everywhere. Don't, don't have to worry about this at all. Duh, this is a big story about seasickness, rubbish. And then the ship went through the heads and it hit me. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, oh, my God. It was like a demon had entered my soul <laughs> and was shredding my guts into pieces. And I just went, where's the closest toilet? And I flew in that direction, pushing people out of the way. <laughs> I thought, I'm going to embarrass myself now. Oh, my God. And thank goodness I got into a cubicle. <laughs> and then I was speaking in tongues. So it was total possession because yeah, the voices that were coming out of me were absolutely demonic. Um by the time I got out of that toilet, there was no one else in there. I think I had scared them all off. <laughs> and I walked out. I was pasty white. My husband looked at me and he says, you're not well. And I went, mm, yes. 
And um, that kind of continued for a little while until um, I said to my husband, can you take me somewhere because I've I've scared half the ship. They're complaining. They're complaining about me um, <laughs> writhing in the corner. <laughs> you know, it's, it was like the exorcist. It was like the exorcist on board a Russian ship, right? Just think of that. With the pea green soup and the whole thing, it was it was perfect, perfection. Uh, and so they actually had to open a cabin for me. Um, and I got stuffed downstairs, um, and I think they threw a lock on the door and said, "Don't go in until we get to <laughs> Don't Newcastle." Go in. She's got demonic. There's forces. going to be an exorcism, um, and occasionally my husband would come down and go, Are "You okay? Let's get out! <laughs> get out! <laughs> Tell me when we're back." Oh, um, and yeah, from that moment on, I swore that I would never ever. Go on. Well, we got an update from the cruise ship. We finally got the text message that, that came through that Anne said, there's a text message oh, coming through. Right. So Susan, Susan Bowman, it's 4.34 a.m. Oh, bless in you. Virginia, and you are listening to us. Now, she messaged you guys prof- um, previously about the Black Sisters of Christiansburg. Yes. VA. And she said she would love a shout out. So we have shouted you out. Thank you for being so interested and awake at 4.34 in the morning. Yes, my sweet. And we are going to do a story on that. Absolutely. Now, in the meantime, I will go into my urban legend she story has found here. found what I've, she was looking for, I, ladies and gentlemen. I have, yes. We can stop vamping. It's and this, okay. <laughs> this one comes from Michael Bloomfield on his page, American Ghost Stories. Now, this is cool. The young girl had been out late with her friends. She had attended a party and even met a new potential boyfriend. What a fine night it had been. She'd been a nutting. She had been a nutting. The only downside was having to explain to her parents where she had been all night long. After all, she had a strict curfew and had been completely ignoring it tonight. But wow, it was worth it. She pulled into a gas station, the only one open at this time of night, to fuel up. Living far out in the country made it necessary to keep an eye on the fuel gauge, and this was the only place to stop before her long country drive home. It was late and the gas station seemed almost like a ghost town. She nervously pumped her gas while looking over her shoulder. Something just didn't feel right. It was cold that night, and she could feel her entire body shivering. She wasn't sure if it was the cold, or if it was the nervousness and the creepy feeling that she had been temporarily stuck at this small country gas station. The only other vehicle in sight was an old rusty pickup truck that sat ominously next to the building in the even darker shadows of night. She assumed that this was probably an abandoned truck, but it sure did give her the creeps. Soon she heard the gas pump click and she breathed a sigh of relief as she tightened the lid on her gas tank and jumped quickly into her car. Just as she was about to turn on to the main road that would lead her home, she saw something in the rear view mirror that made her heart almost stop beating. That old pickup, the abandoned one, Its lights came on and illuminated the entire inside of her car. She could hear the rumble of the old engine as the truck revved up and started to drive towards her car. She knew that something was very wrong. Mm -hmm. And with her heart pounding, she pulled quickly onto the main road. 
To her horror, the old truck followed right behind her. She clutched the steering wheel wheel tightly and sat up straight in her seat. She couldn't take her eyes off the lights in her rear view mirror. Soon the truck was so close that she felt as if she hit the brakes. It would hit her. With tears filling her eyes, she stepped on the gas pedal. Her little four-cylinder car sped up, but was no match for the spooky truck following her. The truck sped up too and started flashing its lights. The flash of its lights made it hard to see. Why is this happening, she thought. Soon the truck was swerving to the left and seemed to be trying to pull up beside her. By now she was crying uncontrollably and wishing that she had listened to her parents and had come home on time. Every time she would speed up, the truck would drive right up behind her and flash their lights wildly. She was so scared that it would run her off the road. She was starting to think that this may be her last night alive. All the thoughts that generally would run through someone's mind as they were about to die started to run through hers too. What would her parents think? What would they even know what had happened to her? She could barely see the road through her tears. The truck then started to blow its horn. It was the most awful sound she had ever heard and her body jumped every time it would blow. For miles this had been happening, every second of which she was sure she was about to die. But soon there was a glimmer of hope. She could tell that she was nearing her house. Oh God, if I could just make it home, she thought. She knew her parents would be asleep, but if she could make enough noise as she pulled into the drive, they would surely hear her. The thoughts were interrupted as the loud noise of the old truck's engine grew louder and lights filled the cab of her car again. The old horn started blowing behind her again. Why won't it just leave me alone, she thought. Finally, she could see her driveway in the distance and she allowed herself just for a second to think she might survive. She pressed down as hard as she could on the horn of her car. Noise travelled easily out in the country and she was sure that even the neighbours would hear her. She whipped into her driveway, throwing gravel and dust into the night air. She never let off the horn. She could see the lights go on inside her house and she knew that her parents would now be awake. She couldn't help but started laughing through her tears as she saw those lights and knew her father was awake. Unfortunately, the lights behind her were still there. It had followed her home. She brought her little car to a skidding stop and jumped out without even turning the engine off. She started screaming loudly as she ran towards her house. She could hear the creaking sound of the old truck door opening. She was halfway there when she was met by her father and she collapsed at his feet, screaming for help. The lights still shining from the old truck. They could see the shadow of a man walking towards them. Her father commanded the person to stop, but it just kept walking. Her father told her to go inside and he ran towards a shadowy figure, which had changed directions and was headed for her daughter's car, for his daughter's car. Her father called out for the person to stop again, but soon realised that they had no intentions of listening to him and that whoever or whatever it was had opened the back door of his daughter's car. 
He could hear a scuffle, yelling as he approached. When her father reached the car, he was met by a familiar-looking old man, pulling a not-so-familiar younger man out of the back seat of his daughter's car. Then there was a struggle, and the old man looked at her father and said, Are you going to help or what? Realising what was happening, the father grabbed hold of the younger man and helped to drag him from the back seat. The man who was in the back seat dropped what looked like a knife as he was yanked from the car. The old man pinned the stranger to the ground and the girl's father yelled to his wife to call the police. She was already calling when he yelled. You see, the reason the old man looked familiar was because he was the owner of that old country gas station and had seen plenty of uh, and had seen them plenty of times before. He was just closing up when he happened to see her pull into the gas station. He also happened to see the strange man crawl into her back seat while she was outside pumping gas. He knew that he had to do something, so he jumped into his old truck and he followed behind her. He had tried to get her attention the whole time home. Every time he would see the man rise up in the back seat with the knife, he would flash his lights wildly and blow the old truck's horn. Every time he did this, the stranger in the back seat would duck down again. The old truck wasn't trying to kill her at all. It had saved her life. Soon the police arrived and were shocked to discover the man being pinned down was a wanted fugitive and had been previously jailed for the murder of a teenage girl. He had hid in her back seat and waited until she was on a dark country road alone. Ooh, urban legend. Oh, wasn't that good? That one is so prominent, though, everywhere. Yes. Like, it's funny how it comes back generation after generation after generation. Mm. Well, that's it's that fear thing. It's, it's that fear that gets instilled and you know urban legends are there sometimes to teach us a lesson definitely get home on time yeah look in the back seat obey thy father and thy mother that's correct don't go and nutty on a sunday that's right it's back to those 10 commandments isn't it it Mm. is right oh and talking about nutting uh we have (laughs) a we have a new true hauntings podcast episode out yes (laughs) and uh you can find it now on spotify and itunes i even forget what it's about Mm, i I can't remember Uh, oh, um, the um, uh, yeah, Amagosa, the, the Amagosa yeah. Opera House, which the delightful Anne has actually been to. She sent a whole lot of photos um, that she took when she was there, and they will be going up on the True Hornings Facebook page later on tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, so, if you want to grab uh, a an hour or so of good listening. Very funny. I've started to listen myself. Yeah, I had a bit of a chuckle as well. Um, <laughs> jump on over to True Hauntings um, on Spotify and iTunes and uh, listen to that episode of the um, True Hauntings podcast where we talk about the Armagosa and um, the Furnace campsite mm. um, in Death Valley. I mean, those names just say it all, yeah. don't they? Enough said, really. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. I'm no. not doing it. Nothing that's Camping called Furnace, that Furnace Valley campsite is going to attract me there. Never. No. I'm with you on that. No. No. 
time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Brought to you by Thrive Broking. Flexible finance solutions for individuals and small business. And welcome back to the studio with Steve and Renata this Sunday night. And we are in the midst of... Of Spooky Sundays radio show. And uh, we're going to continue with some spookiness, some high spookiness with some stories from Hollywood. From Hollywood. So, Renata, when I say Hollywood, what is the first thing you think of? Uh, Film stars. Film stars. Yes. And what else? That creepy Hollywood place that isn't really as wonderful as the the Hollywood sign. Both of those things right now. Yeah. Because do you have know, you been to Hollywood itself? I have itself? been to Hollywood a couple of times. Is is it like? <laughs> it is not what it. If you are if you are a fan of old Hollywood and you know the history of the place, it's mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. I would not take children there. Um, oh, it is oh. not. Yeah, it's not the shiny happy place, especially like um, yeah, the Walk of Fame. It's changing, mm-hmm. it's gentrifying, and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But it's not. Yeah. So it's interesting, it, right? So yeah. if if you were to pick a suburb in Newcastle, um, that would be it, it. Actually, reminds me of oh, do you know, it kind of is a bit King's Crossy in the early nineties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know? But it was right. still a bit sketchy. But there's stuff happening. Uh-huh. So, yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna go way back in time. Way back in time. Way back. To nineteen thirty-two. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ask the question, or hopefully answer the question, is the Hollywood sign haunted? Right. Aspiring starlet Peg Entwistle jumped jumped to her death from the H of the Hollywood sign in 1932. And it seems to have been haunted ever since. So Megan Santos was jogging her usual path in Griffith Trails, which is the park below the the sign. Um, Yeah. On a late, oh, on late, a late night. Who's joking in Griffith Park at late night? Oof, you're a brave girl. <laughs> uh, when she started to sneeze, she was overcome by what was described as a weird feeling, an overpowering scent of gardenias. The shivers with, uh, were nothing compared to what would come next. This is a quote from Megan. And then there was this woman with blonde hair. She seemed to be like walking on air. She told the reporter, I immediately ran the other way. That woman, if you believe the stories, is Peg Entwistle, or the ghost of Peg Entwistle, an early film star who leapt 45 feet oh. to her death from the Hollywood sign H in 1932, and who some say still haunts the famous landmark. So, like many actors, back in the golden period, she was looking for her big break when, mm-hmm. it, when she came to Hollywood. She was a Broadway actress, up and coming. Like She was bubbling under in the, in the 1920s and 1930s. She made her move to Hollywood to mm-hmm. make her, yeah. you know, the big next star. But she struggled when she arrived in Hollywood, like many people do. She ended up out of work in yep. a sea of pretty faces. Yep but managed to score her first big role in a David O. Selznick movie, 13 Women. But her role was cut. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Yeah. So on the night of September 16th, 
1932. The beautiful Hollywood actress, stricken with grief and reportedly intoxicated, set off into the darkness. She hiked from her uncle's home to the Hollywood sign, which then read Hollywood Land because it was mm-hmm. part of the development that mm-hmm. was going to be there. Clambered up the rickety maintenance ladder to the top of the letter H before throwing herself to her death. The next day, an unidentified female hiker found Peg's body along with a single shoe, jacket, purse, and a suicide note, which no. read, I'm afraid. I'm a coward. I'm sorry for everything. If I'd done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain. Oh, dear. Isn't no, no, that that's terrible. Horrible. So the ghost stories of mm-hmm. Peg's appearance first started to um, appear in the 1940s. After the same letter H toppled over. Oh. Fueling rumours that her ghost haunted the landmark. After nearly half a century later, in 1990, a young couple hiking Griffith Park Trails stopped dead in their tracks when a disoriented blonde woman dressed in 1930s clothing vanished before their eyes. (gasps) Apparently the couple were completely unaware of Ed Whistle's suicide in the park. Mm Mm-hmm. Throughout the year, many Griffith Park rangers have claimed to see the ghost on the Hollywood sign, especially on foggy nights. According to legend, the ghost is typically accompanied by the same smell of gardenias that jogger Megan Santos was overcame with. Uh, apparently, it was her favourite perfume. Mm-hmm. So the ghost story, even though it's not well known, has mm-hmm. got a lot of nods in pop culture. Yep. So um, it's in... She features in Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief. Uh, like, uh, yeah, The Lightning Thief. Um, letter H stood <laughs> stood in for the, as the, uh, the gate to Hades. So Peg oh. was there. In 1998, City of Angels, um, she was seen standing on the sign. And she's yeah, popped up in ghost stories and TV shows like that. There are no organised ghost tours there. But for the brave or curious, Christmas Park trails are open to the public until 10.30pm. Mm. She we've, gets around. Yeah, we've um, in Australia there's a, a lovely husband and a wife team um, who run Amy's Crypt and they did an uh, episode tramping up or tramping up that it's a, walk. It's a good hike. That, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they were up there for a little while trying to reach out to they, the ghosts there. They find some very funny things up up those, um, up oh. those hills. And then oh. there's... Um, I wouldn't be walking up there at night. The irony is that she actually scored a very huge role and she got the telegram the next day. <gasps> no! Yeah, poor Peg. Oh. It's just cr- it proves how just... cruel Hollywood is, oh. right? Gosh. Do we have time for another quick one? Oh, we do. We do. Okay, so Hollywood... Repeats itself, yeah. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of stories upon stories upon sadness. Mm -hmm. The next name is infamous. If I say the name Sharon Tate, Mm. that will bring to mind Mm -hmm. some very, very striking history moments for some people. But Sharon is also um, the victim of paranormal activity Mm -hmm. before her death. Oh, before her death. So she was interviewed way back when, in 1967, that she had a violent dream so disturbing it haunted her even a year later. So uh, this, on August 1, 1968, almost a year to the day before she was killed in her own home, uh, she had she said 
had this interview. Um, Talk about dreams coming yeah, back and warning you. So, wait there for you it. go, it Jenny. Get, it gets deeper. Yes, I've had a psychic experience. At least that's what I think it was. It was a terribly frightening and disturbing thing for me. It happened a year or so ago. Maybe I can explain it to you. So she was famously married to Roman Polanski mm-hmm. before she was murdered, but she was uh, previously dating former Hollywood hairstylist Jay Sebring, who also died with her uh, at the hands of the Manson family. Mm-hmm. The dream happened while she was staying in Jay's house in the Hollywood Hills, which previously belonged to Paul Byrne. Now, Paul Byrne was the husband of Jean Harlow. Mm-hmm. And he committed suicide in a quite dramatic and controversial way okay. by shooting himself in the home. Mm. So she wasn't sure what was happening. She couldn't sleep one night, and she just had a funny feeling. Um, and she was in that you know that little dream state between being half awake, half asleep. And she said, "I opened my eyes and I saw a creepy little man." He looked like all the descriptions I'd ever read of Paul Byrne. The figure entered the room and dashed about, frightening Sharon so much that she got up, put on a robe, and ran downstairs. But once she reached the staircase, the dream only got worse. I saw someone or something tied to the staircase, whoever it was, and I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman, but knew somehow it was either Jay Sebring or me. He or she was cut open at the throat. Oh, wow. Wow. Cut to August 9th, 1969. Members of the Manson family cult broke into Polanski and Tate's home on CLO Drive. And the murder very much follows that tradition. So not only did Sharon experience this, but Sharon is also believed to still be about. Yeah. Now, ghost hunters have have investigated the property where the Cielo House Drive used that uh, Cielo Drive House used to be. Um, David Oman owns it now, for better or worse. And there have been strange occurrences, voices, all that kind of thing. They they captured a very interesting um, EVP on the Ghost Hunters episode that I watched. Oh, really? Of a woman's voice saying, "Take the boy." Now, Sharon was famously murdered eight months pregnant with her son. Oh, dear. And it's believed that she begged for them to take the baby out of her before they killed her. So whether that is whatever it is, um, the guy that owns the house now is a little bit of a um, cash grabber because Mm -hmm. of the the horrible nature of it. But it just it's very interesting how it imprints and repeats and imprints and repeats. And it's all this nexus for high drama and emotion like there are so 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 many hollywood stories that are just creepy and mm-hmm. similar and you could do a whole series on it mm-hmm. but yeah they're, they're my two favorites that i picked this week mm-hmm. because you know the beginning of hollywood and what hollywood can do to us all all right well yes. let's go to a song yeah and we'll be back after this with more stories Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Brought to you by Thrive Broking, flexible finance solutions for individuals and small business. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays, and we thought we'd just continue with some of these Hollywood stars. A little bit obsessed. 
Yes, and the fact that some of them are very haunted. They've come out of the closet Mm. to say that they have had paranormal experiences. And one of those of late has made a little bit of a... um, a show about it, actually. And we're talking about the delightful Kesha. Kesha. So she embarked on her own journey into the supernatural with a Discovery Plus series called Conjuring Kesha. Yes. Now, maybe some of you have watched this show. If you have, send us in a message about what you think of it. I've watched all of us. On 0490 <laughs> You have watched it and you reckon it's okay. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a... You know what these shows are like. Yeah. They are very formulaic. It was nice to see someone who is a celebrity take it seriously and get involved in the process. Mm. She does scare a little bit easily at some points, but mm-hmm. it's not as refreshing, I thought, after, you know, we have so many alpha males in the um, yes. in the arena. It's yes. nice to see someone yeah. like Kesha, and she has a different guest every week, and yeah. they go to different locations. And it's not just, pa- it's not just ghosts. Mm-hmm. They go... Um, Bigfoot hunting mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe because she's a woman yeah. and uh, maybe because she's doing it a little bit differently and not not seeing demons around every well, she corner. she believes she slept with a ghost. Uh, yes, yes, she has. So yes, yes. I believe Cash. Mm. <laughs> so she says that it started with my insatiable curiosity, uh, my internal uh, eternal searching for something bigger than myself, this has motivated my art, informed my music, and has given a purpose to my entire life. It's an eternal search for the proof of God. But it's the adventure that I have with my friends that takes these pilgrimages to the next level and makes them a reality. Now, um, she had one of her first episodes where she and her, her gal pal Whitney Cummings summoned a demon. <laughs> this is a good one. Yeah, it's a good Oh, did you see that Whitney one? Ca- Whitney freaks out a bit. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of REM pods going on. Oh, if you like REM pods, dear. this is the show for you. <laughs> now, I happened upon the Housewives of New York last night, actually. Did you? Um, I haven't watched it. But I, I know why, because they just spent the whole episode <laughs> yelling each, at each other. That's what but Housewives do. One of their stars, Dorinda Medley, that's yes. the lady with the short, short blondish hair. crazy. We love Dorinda. Yep. She she thinks that she, uh, if you're a good person, you'll have good spirits in your life. And if you're a negative or bad person, you attract negative spirits. Oh, that's Dorinda. That's a bit hard, Dorinda. Honestly, no, that, that is a bit hard. Because I've suffered loss, and that seems to be the theme of every show. She brings up her husband. Yeah, it's a it's a big sticking point for that series. Actually, yeah. no, I believe that people don't go away; they just transform into different energy. So I definitely think there's all kinds of good energy, blessed energy in this house. Noting that she has never once felt frightened while living in her home, Italy continues. Have I felt like the presence of my late husband or the presence of someone you know? Someone that I think loves me, a guard, yes. <laughs> um, so loved. Hold on, what? Last night I actually was like, God, I kind of feel this guardian angel thing going on. But that makes me happy, she adds. Wouldn't it be sad if we just thought this was it, you know? That is a comforting thought, I guess, yes. for people. And yes, yes. 
Now, Demi Lovato. Oh, Demi. <laughs> Demi, Demi, Demi. It's another one with the TV show. Yeah, she reckons she um, had a ghost in the house that she grew up in in Texas. And she said, not a bad spirit, but a little girl. I think her name is Emily. I've had a medium come over um, and ghost hunters, and they both told me the same name, Emily. So it must be right. There you go. There were so many times that I saw her when I was growing up. And Lovato continued, I believe that everyone can tune into that part of their mind. I think I have a really strong connection with the afterlife. When I walk into a room, I can tell if something has happened there or not, or if a hotel is haunted. Good on you, Demi. There's a lot of that going. Like, look at Nicolas Cage. He owned the the LaLaurie mansion. I know. In New Orleans. A lot of people in that old Hollywood set Hollywood set get obsessed with stuff like that. They do. Now, Kristen Stewart. Yes, yes, do. yes. She's she's had a bit of a, a thing about ghosts. She says she talks to them. Yeah. If I'm in a weird small town making a movie and I'm uh, in a strange apartment, I will literally be like, "No, please, I cannot deal anyone else." But it cannot cannot be me. Yeah, she's making a TV series as well. What I don't she's understand that. She's making a paranormal. Yeah. Who knows what ghosts are? But there is an energy that I'm really sensitive to. Not just with ghosts, but with people. People stain rooms all the time. Oh. She's been using that purple light. She's thing, been hasn't going she? at nothing too. She has. Now Helen Bonham Carter. Helen, I would believe her. Oh yeah. My main thing is, when you play someone who is real, you kind of want their blessing oh, because you have. A responsibility. This is about the crown, which she played Princess Margaret. Yes. Apparently she was glad it was me, she said. You're better than any other actress that they were thinking of. They will not admit who it was. It was me and somebody else, the star continued. That made me think maybe she's here because that is a classic Margaret thing to say. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. Um, she said, get the smoking right. Yeah. I smoked in a very particular way. The cigarette holder was as much a weapon of expression as it was for smoking. And that's really interesting to me when they give you those little tidbits of information that just sound really like the character, yeah. um, the person. And um, they, yeah, if you're going to be that person, do it right or just don't do it at all. Yeah. Oh, and Kendall Jenner, like Kendall, do you need to get into everything, really? <laughs> like, don't you have enough money with your modelling and everything else? Do you have to also believe in ghosts and do all of that? Of course you do. <laughs> so she says, in a Vogue video, of course, I don't know if I've ever seen one, but I've experienced some pretty ghostly situations. I'm sure you have, Kendall. And according to the model and reality TV star, the home of matriarch Chris Jenner is haunted by an otherworldly presence. It would be one of those old Hollywood homes yes. that has had, you know, generation after generation yes. of stars. When, look, wasn't she like Mama married to some sort of gangster dude? No, um, so Robert Kardashian was a, was the lawyer was a lawyer OJ Simpson's lawyer. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's a yeah there's a lot of um toing and fro, but those yeah all those, all those homes are. Just built upon, you know, so and so and so and so and so and so. They've all lived there. I remember reading an article about Lucy, Lucille Ball's house mm-hmm. um, after she'd passed away and they started to renovate and she was seen wandering around the top floor Aww. because they'd ripped out her garden and she wasn't oh, happy about it. Of course she wouldn't be. So. I mean, there's worse company than Lucy, I'm sure. Oh, loosely, 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 loosely would be fabulous. 
I wanna be in the show. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live. Finance doesn't need to be spooky thanks to Thrive Broking. And welcome back for our last few minutes of Spooky Sunday for this week. And just before we go on, Steve, I really want to thank you for jumping in for the last two weeks. Oh, look, it's been my pleasure. I've had so much fun. I always love coming to play on the radio. Oh, no, wrong. It's always a bit of fun. But, yeah, it's been really interesting to sit back, sit back and watch the Masters at work. Yes, yes. You've got it. We've got it. We've ah, done it. It's yes, been... we have. We have done it. And, so everyone um, that's wondering where Anne is, she will be returned to you. Safely yeah. by next week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she will be back in Sydney around Thursday. Um, we are hoping that she will be able to be on board for um, this weekend's tours, yes. uh, which is sold out. So we've got Ooh. Gloucester this weekend, and it's our first Gloucester tour for the year, and we're going into the bush. We're going nutting tour. into the bush. <laughs> going a nutting, a wild gum nutting. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's our tour that we do in um, the old gold mine area out there in the um, National Forest. And once again, very special. Great permission. Um, we had to jump through hoops to get the authorizations to be able to go in there and uh, do our little ghost tour. But um, it's really helping them out there. And we stay over. We yeah. spend our money and uh, we have one of the best breakfasts at Roadies. <laughs> Roadies is a favourite out there. And, of course, we've got the gorgeous Daniela who lives out that way, Yay. who's part of our team. Who's listening tonight. Thank Hi, you, Daniela. Daniela. And actually, Daniela says, thank you, Steve, for playing an MJ song. Oh. It's a rare treat on the radio. Let's hope we don't get cancelled, but we should be fine. And our lovely listener from Sydney, Lisa, is keen for more haunted Hollywood stories. Aren't they great? They are great, Lisa. I that's one of the things that I first got obsessed with when I really got into like the paranormal. I don't know what it is about just Hollywood and mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe it's all the ghosting that they do, but um, they, I mean, they take on personas. I mean, do those personas actually embody these people? So much emotion. Do you know yes. Like, so much, all that emotion and hope and disappointment. Yeah. And it has to go somewhere and it seems to have seeped into the ground. Oh, there and absolutely. It's a nexus for... Weird and wonderful yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I was looking at all the sites um, with stories and it's like... Oh, yeah. You can't every... walk two steps without falling over something, whether yeah. it's old hotels like the Knickerbocker or the Roosevelt, the Comedy, fact, uh, the comedy Store. There's like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. You could just pop me down there for however long I'd be like, oh, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And I think all the stars, they're, well, they're creatives. They're people who um, want to create personas and, you know, live in that world where they are in some sort of a fantasy um, and living really some sort of life that isn't the normal life. Um, they That's would Hollywood. be so, yeah, <laughs> they would be so susceptible to all of this sort of stuff. Have you ever heard of Cynospea? No. So Cynospea, it happens in Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Within the grounds of the cemetery, they show movies. Ah, yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, so they'll do, like, they've done horror movies. They've uh-huh. done, like, old old school, like, Hollywood movies. I, I, that would be so amazing. Yes. I want to do that one day. It, it <laughs> like, would... It- People would shrivel up and die if you asked them yeah, to do that here. Like, Absolutely, these people are the that that was their life's work to put that you know beautiful stuff on yes. celluloid forever. So yeah. I think it's a it's a nice way of honoring them, honoring them, and you know Absolutely. having people that 
these graves that sit there, our people are wandering around and visiting them and yes. all that kind of stuff. And everything's yep. done very respectfully mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's funny how different we yeah. interpret this kind yeah. of stuff, isn't but it? But it would be fabulous to um, watch a movie uh, with the movie stars Close who by. are actually buried <laughs> yeah. there. Close by. And yeah, just. Th- have their headstones and their their um, grave sites just strewn with flowers. And if those spirits are there, you've got to think that they are, they're like, okay, yeah, it was I'm all just, worth it. They still it remember the me. They all, still remember all me. All worth it. In the end. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Well, we hope so, anyway. Yeah. Well, we're actually going to finish up. We're out of time. Uh, we are out of time. Spun by this one. Uh, and again, thank you so very thank much, Steve. Thank you so much for having uh, me. We will get you back during the year, I'll of course. I'll be around. You never, you never know. Yes. Turn the corner and there I'll be a nutting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> me and my moles will be a nutting That's somewhere. That's right. <laughs> uh, we've got still quite a few weeks before we head off to our first international trip this year. Rub it I, um, To England and Ireland. Um, probably about 12 weeks now. So, not that you're um, counting at no, all. No, not that we're counting at all. And uh, so we'll be filling you in on all of the fabulous stuff that we do while we're overseas. Yeah. Uh, and yes, please um, make sure that you are are on our Facebook pages at Anne and Renata Frightfully Good and Newcastle Ghost Tours and Oz Paratech and that you are subscribing to our um, podcasts. We have uh, True Hauntings podcast and, of course, Diary of a Ghost Hunter, um, which has gone into a bit of hiatus because one of the ghost hunters has just had it's a lot of time <laughs> yeah, on, on board a vessel. We should have done a bootleg version of it. We should I, have just, just, just released pre- it. Yeah, just pretend. Do that. a pretend one. Sorry. Um, and if you love Anne and Renata, please jump over to their YouTube as well. Check out the misadventures stuff. All absolutely. The, all the past stuff that they've done with Isaac. There's there's a treasure trove of stuff out there if you love the kookiness and craziness of Spooky Sundays. That is true. So we're going to leave you with that. We hope you have a great week, everyone. Join us again next Sunday um, at the same time. Same bat time, same bat station. Yes. Newcastle Live Radio. Just with with Anne. Yay. Yeah, let's just put her in here (laughs) on her own. I'll pretend I'm coming and then I won't turn up. (laughs) I'll ring up and go, hi, Anne. I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't come. (laughs) All right. So we are finishing the night off with Turn Off the Light by Kim Petras. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Stay spooky. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts, but sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but Always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live. Brought to you by Thrive Broking. 